0: This is Still Rowing, a podcast where members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints share their authentic stories of struggle and triumph on their journey of discipleship and just why they are choosing faith in the restored Church of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Still Rowing Podcast. I'm Tara McCausland, and Merry Christmas. I know this hasn't been the year we'd all hoped for, and this holiday may look a little different than previous Christmases, but I do hope that you have felt some of that holiday magic, which really is, I believe, a greater portion of the light of Christ spreading over the earth as we think more of him and try to emulate his ways. Now, before I jump into the bulk of this episode's message, I wanted to give a shout out to a listener, James, who took the time to send me this message. He wrote, I just wanted to say thank you for doing this podcast. I have learned a lot and have been humbled by the words of those you have had on. I have listened to the first six podcasts, plus number 34, which was the first one I listened to. I love the reminder that we are all going through things and that we need to give more space to each other, even when someone seems way off the path. As we show love to all and have that space open, we may see miracles. We can't influence others if we are not there in their life. My wife left the church a few years back, and it has been a struggle for me. Finding this podcast has been a help with that struggle. Thank you again. James, thank you for taking a moment to share that with me. I'm honestly so grateful this podcast has increased your faith in Christ and your compassion for your wife. I hope these messages will continue to fortify you as you navigate that challenge. Now, I don't often hear from my listeners, so when I do, it makes my day. That being said, if you have benefited from this podcast, could I invite you to do something for me? If you are listening on an iPhone, will you pause this episode and take two minutes to rate and review Still Rowing? Tell me something you've learned or what your favorite episode has been. Ratings and reviews really help others find this podcast, so consider it your Christmas gift to me. I actually have a gift for you at the end of this episode. So thank you, friends. I appreciate your help. Moving on. I came across this article with this comment years ago in the Deseret News. Can't remember what article it was or how long ago this was, but this is what it said. And for the sake of clarity, we'll just call this person Joe. I believe the LDS Church can be true and I can still be okay not following it. As a lifelong member, it has become increasingly difficult to live the covenants, commitments, and commandments. I think it is healthy to concede that many of us are not cut out for or are capable of Godhood, me included. This realization has made it easy to distance myself from Mormonism without creating resentment or enmity for an organization that wants to help me be better. I simply don't want to be like God or be better than I am. I don't know that the church has a place for people like me. The more I learn and understand what it takes to reach the top, the more clear it is to me that I won't make it. Mostly because I don't have the capacity, but also because I don't want to. One thing my mission, my temple marriage and life has taught me is that some people succeed and some people fail. The path is simply too hard for some of us. We don't want to become simple heathens. We simply can't do all that God and his church ask of us. Now, I remember my initial feelings reading that, (laughs) which I felt honestly very sad for Joe. But contrast that thought with these words shared again in the Deseret News about a fellow named Caden Carlos, who was once a heroin addict and heroin dealer and later became a missionary and served a successful full-time mission. This article said that after several years of addiction and dealing, making little bits of progress, then falling back into old behavior, one of his friends nearly overdosed right before his eyes, and it was then that he had the determination to change. Caden is quoted saying, I've come to realize that Heavenly Father is aware of his children and he knows our circumstances. I've also learned that Christ truly atoned for our sins, all of them, and that his atonement is individualized to each of us. He knew all along how to help me overcome my obstacles. Now, spoiler alert, you will hear more of Caden's story in uh, an episode next month. I'm super excited to share that with you. Now, I have no idea what Joe's story is, but what's the difference between Joe's experience and perspective versus Caden's? I believe it is an understanding of who this babe born in Bethlehem was and what his mission was, what he came here to do. And we often talk about the great things Christ accomplished in his life, the miracles he performed. But what is the true gift he provided us that makes eternal life not only possible, but nearly inevitable if we will yoke ourselves with him? One of my favorite verses is found in the last chapter of the Book of Mormon, which is fitting because we've just been studying this in our Come, Follow Me. And it talks about this gift. So if you turn to Moroni 10 verses 32 and 33, and as we read this, I want you to look for this gift Christ has extended us. So verse 32, yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in him and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. And if ye shall deny yourselves of all ungodliness and love God with all your might, mind, and strength, then is his grace sufficient for you that by his grace ye may be perfect in Christ. And if by the grace of God ye are perfect in Christ, ye can in no wise deny the power of God. And again, if ye by the grace of God are perfect in Christ and deny not his power, then are ye sanctified in Christ by the grace of God through the shedding of the blood of Christ. Did you catch it? In those two verses, it mentions that same one word five times. It's grace. Now, grace is something that Christian you know, TV evangelists talk a lot about. <laughs> but lest you think we don't believe in grace as members of a church, and I've used that word a lot in this podcast, um, I want those two verses in Moroni to persuade you otherwise. We don't hear as much about that word in our church. We're hearing it more, but we would do well to add grace to our vocabulary more as Latter-day Saints and come to understand it and better learn how to access it. So what is grace really? Well, if we look at the Bible Dictionary, page 697, if you're interested, it says this. Grace is a word that occurs frequently in the New Testament, especially in the writings of Paul. The main idea of the word is divine means of help or strength given through the bounteous mercy and love of Jesus Christ. Goes on, it is through the grace of the Lord Jesus, made possible by his atoning sacrifice, that mankind will be raised in immortality, every person receiving his body from the grave in a condition of everlasting life. It is likewise through the grace of the Lord that individuals, through faith in the atonement of Jesus Christ and repentance of their sins, receive strength and assistance to do good works that they otherwise would not be able to maintain if left to their own means this grace is an enabling power that allows men and women to lay hold on eternal life and exaltation after they have expended their own best efforts. So that's kind of a long definition. And that last piece, after they have expended their own best efforts, you might then think of the scripture in 2 Nephi 25, three, where it says, it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. And Most of us latch on to that after all we can do part, right? And we discount grace as the power by which exaltation is even possible. So it begs the question, if we are reliant on the Savior to ultimately be perfected, you may ask, which part is mine and which part is his in that process? Well, a BYU student asked that very same question of her teacher, who was Brother Brad Wilcox. Many of you are familiar with Brad Wilcox. Um, I'd like to share that exchange with you, and it's found in this really great talk titled, His Grace is Sufficient, and I have quoted parts of this talk several times, and I apologize if this is even a repeat, (laughs) but I don't think I've shared this before. So, this is Brother Wilcox speaking. A BYU student once came to me and asked if we could talk. I said, of course. How can I help you? The student said, I just don't get grace. I responded, what is it that you don't understand? She said, I know I need to do my best and then Jesus does the rest, but I can't even do my best. She then went on to tell me all the things she should be doing because she's a Mormon that she wasn't doing and the things she shouldn't be doing because she was a Mormon. She continued, I know that I have to do my part and then Jesus makes up the difference and fills the gap that stands between my part and perfection. But who fills the gap that stands between where I am now and my part? Finally, I said, Jesus doesn't make up the difference. Jesus makes all the difference. Grace is not about filling gaps. It is about filling us. Brother Wilcox continued, The grace of Christ is sufficient, sufficient to cover our debt, sufficient to transform us, and sufficient to help us as long as that transformation process takes. So grace is not a booster engine that kicks in once your fuel supply is exhausted. Rather, it is our constant energy source. I loved that. It is our constant energy source. So what does Christ's grace look like in the lives of actual people? Well, if we start first in the scriptures, I believe one of the best examples of grace is when Alma the Younger, after having been struck down by an angel, lay in that stupor for three days, right? And he was racked with the pains of a damned soul. It was at this time that he recalled a memory of his father teaching about the coming of one called Jesus Christ who would atone for the sins of the world so in Alma 36:18, we read this now as my mind caught hold upon this thought I cried within my heart O Jesus thou son of God have mercy on me who am in the gall of bitterness and am encircled about by the everlasting chains of death and now behold when I thought this I could remember my pains no more Yea, I was harrowed up by the memory of my sins no more. And oh, what joy and what marvelous light I did behold. Yea, my soul was filled with joy as exceeding as was my pain. Doesn't that just thrill you to your fingertips to read that? That's honestly one of my all-time favorite bits in the Book of Mormon right there. Now, you'll note that Alma didn't do a lot necessarily, but what did happen was a change of heart. His heart was sufficiently humble to call out in faith to Christ to help him. So yes, he did technically do something, but was that all he could do? Far from it. But his broken, contrite heart reaching out in faith was enough to access that amazing grace that Christ extends to all of us. It was Christ's grace that continued to help him in the repentance process and later to help him become the great missionary prophet that he was. Grace is available to all of us, sinner or saint, those who are far off the path and those who are trying to carefully walk it. A great quote from Elder Christopherson says, We do not need to achieve some minimum level of capacity or goodness before God will help. Divine aid can be ours every hour of every day, no matter where we are in the path of obedience. Now, if you were to listen to each still rowing episode carefully, looking for those moments when grace really kicked in, you'd find it in every single one. So, just as a review, we're not going to go through every episode, but in the case of my father, Stephen Croshaw, much like the story of Alma the Younger, after struggling under the chains of sexual addiction and deceit for years, once he finally came to himself and determined in his heart that he would come forward. That he would get honest, the feeling of doom, as he described it, and the paralyzing fear of being caught and losing everything no longer held him back. He felt Christ's grace fill him with hope and courage that would help him come forward and get help, and he did. Grace has brought him and my mom through these past 15 years. And I should say it was that same grace that allowed me to forgive my father the very day he came forward and told me of his startling double life. Christ's grace gave me the ability to forgive and helped heal my broken heart. Another individual I've interviewed, Ryan Jackson, who struggled with depression and suicidal ideation, and he did actually try to commit suicide but was unsuccessful. The Lord did miraculously preserve his life, but the true grace came when he sat alone in his rehabilitation room, and the Lord helped reignite his will to live when once he had none that is amazing grace. And more recently, I interviewed Becky and Bennett Borden, who both came out as gay earlier in their lives, left the church, and lived in same-sex relationships for 20 years. After slowly but surely recognizing an absence of the Spirit in their lives, they determined to return to the church. But there was a lot of fear of what their new life might look like. Would they be alone? Would they be rejected? In their words, they suspended disbelief And started reading the Book of Mormon again, and the Lord began opening door after door for them, which ultimately led them back to full activity in the church and a temple marriage. Seriously, that is amazing grace. If you're still not sure how to access grace, I believe Ether 1227 gives us a pretty clear formula, so I wanted to read that. See if you can catch this formula. And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness." I give unto men weakness, that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. So did you catch it? When we come to the Lord, then our weaknesses become apparent. And it is in our weakness when we acknowledge that We can then become humble, and it is in our humility that that grace can really kick in as we reach out to the Savior for help so that we can make those weak things become strong in Him. So we need to recognize and accept who and what we currently are, what weaknesses and sins we struggle with. This is humility, and have a desire to improve ourselves, all the while having faith that Christ will give us the strength to eventually, again, make those weak things strong. You guys, I believe in Christ and I believe Christ. I believe he has the ability to do what he said he would do to save and sanctify me. I believe that his grace made possible because of the infinite atonement is available to all who humble themselves and ask for it. One of my favorite quotes comes from President Hinckley and he said this coming full circle here. There would be no Christmas if there had not been Easter. The babe Jesus of Bethlehem would be but another baby without the redeeming Christ of Gethsemane and Calvary and the triumphant fact of the resurrection. That is what we are celebrating this week, friends. That babe who overcame death and sin. And his grace is sufficient for all who will come unto him. As promised, here is my Christmas gift to you. It's... Amazing Grace and Silent Night, uh, a medley. And this is actually my first time layering guitar and vocals in Garage Band, and I did this late one night when my kids were sleeping. So not professional, but I hope this brings your heart some peace this Christmas season. Thanks so much for being with me.
1: Amazing grace, how sweet. Please. Once was lost But now
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Still Rowing Podcast. If you would like a little daily motivation to keep rowing, you can find me on Instagram at Church of Jesus Christ underscore SR underscore podcast and on Facebook at Church of Jesus Christ SR podcast. Also, if you've been enjoying this podcast, if you would go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review, that would help us spread the word about still rowing.